for our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pep Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. It is that time of the day again and that time of the week. A huge welcome to Cheryl Shaw and Dr Bob Robert-Stabler. Welcome to you both. Lovely to have you here as always. Thank you so much. Are we feeling nice and light after Easter or a little little heavy? I no, I did enough exercise to, to oh. wear off all of the chocolate and I'm still eating. Oh, you. <laughs> I, I was saying no to childhood obesity, so I ate all my son's chocolates when he went to bed. Sacrifice. Yeah, it's what you do as a parent. It is. Self-sacrifice is. is what we do for 70 years. Absolutely. Now, look, we are talking pets today. Well, children are kind of like pets, but <laughs> Cheryl, you have been so eclectic of late Cats last week. That's we often right. talk about dogs. What are we chatting about this week? Little quails. Keeping quails as pets. Oh, really? Yeah. Because their eggs can be quite dear. Oh, they are. Oh, all right. Something for us to find out about. Maybe save some money as well. Start our own little business. Now, Cheryl, we're looking at quails today. Yeah, keeping quails, these lovely little ground birds. So if you've got an aviary or maybe you've got a, a rabbit hutch, these are great to keep. They don't take up much room and they they love cleaning up after your flight birds. So if you've got canaries or budgies. Yeah. And you know how they're very messy, canaries particularly, they'll, you know, choose their seed and throw the rest on the ground. Well, the little quails will run around and pick up all of that seed and keep the base of your aviary clean. That's great isn't yeah. it? They're cute little birds too. They are and there's a couple actually there's about 10 native species of quails in Australia but there's two that are really kept commonly in aviaries. One is the king and the other is the jap quail and the jack quail is a fabulous little quail because you can actually eat them, although I wouldn't do that. But my, I was about to say my husband loves quails, but for a different reason, I think, yeah, so, <laughs> than yeah. we're talking today. Yeah, So, but I, I, um, I have some quails and they're great for laying eggs. And you know that their eggs, you take four of their little quail eggs will make up one chicken egg. So you do need a few of them. Wow, yeah, that's you need a lot for an omelette. Yeah, or a quiche. <laughs> yeah. But when we get um, talking about the eggs, they're quite expensive, but they lay really readily so it's a great way to um to stop buying the eggs which are about eight dollars a dozen so they're pretty yeah, expensive absolutely particularly when you're needing to use four to every one chicken yeah egg. yeah but um Ab the the quail is able to cohabit quite easily with finches canaries and budgies and even some small docile parrots so they are quite good the other bird that i would have an issue with would be um putting them in with lovebirds because lovebirds can sometimes become quite aggressive towards these little quails oh okay so you do have to be selective they don't require a lot of space and they can be kept, um, as I said before, in rabbit hutches. Um, they like being close to the ground, so they're not like chickens. They won't walk up the little chicken ramps or they won't um, um, sit on a perch. So they just like to be close to the ground. You've got to be careful with little quails because they do startle easily. So you've got to make sure that you know you don't have any animals running up at your aviary or at the, at the hutch because... Yeah. So you wouldn't want a, a dog nearby that could no. get up to the hutch, yeah. obviously not a cat. Or, yeah, you know. because if they get startled, what they actually do is they go up in the air, so they vertically fly, oh. like a little helicopter. But the risk that they run is hitting their head on things and obviously causing damage. So we want to make sure that they're, you know, they're kept peacefully, just doing their own thing. They're actually quite fun to watch because they love taking little dirt baths, so they 
fluff out their feathers and roll <laughs> in the dirt, which is really quite cute to watch. So, Cheryl, you've obviously got some at home by the sounds of this. I, I know you're, you're an animal lover. I do. And you do have some yeah. little quails at home. And I've just recently um, sort of upgraded because what happened, I had a snake come to visit during the hot weather, obviously Uh-oh. very hungry, Uh-oh. and my little quails succumbed to him. Um, but now I think he's moved on, hopefully, and our quails are all settled in. So, yeah, I do have an aviary and beautiful birds. I have some ghoulian finches and canaries, yeah. Are they noisy birds, Cheryl, to have or The or male not? can be. He's not like a little bantam. He does make a, a really nice call in the morning when he wants to see his girls, but he's, um, <laughs> he's, he's not noisy, so you certainly wouldn't have any complaints. And they don't suffer sort of anxieties like a lot of other animals, so for Dr Bob they wouldn't be taking a visit. Um, they do need a balanced diet, though, so any little parrot food, things like that is really good. And they like some grass as well, so, you know, collecting a little bit of grass is good for their diet. Um, if you provide them with some complete layer kibble, that will also help make their shells nice and strong and obviously lay more eggs for you. But they're very easy to look after. So keeping a few um, quails on the bottom of your aviary floor or in a rabbit hutch will help um, to give you some eggs and plus you'll enjoy watching their little antics. Great idea. And just very briefly, the flavour of the eggs. Can you tell the difference between a quail's egg and a, a chicken's egg? Is it not when you Premier cook them. Or, no, no, no. My son says not to give them to him, though. Judy from Nord's Wharf. Now, you've got a problem with your dog. Uh, he or she is a little bit overprotective. Very overprotective, yes. What sort of a dog is it, Judy? It's a blue cattle dog. And how old? He's um, three going on four. And just in your yard or the house or car? No. No, it, it can be anywhere. He, he barks madly when people walk past the house and goes berserk when they come onto my property. He can't get to them because he's locked in behind a, a gate. But um, even when he's at my brother's house, who occasionally takes him for walks for me when, he's, when I'm at work, um, the other day he had a workman there and... and the dog looked like he was going to be okay for him to pat, but as soon as he put his hand down, he um, he latched onto his hand. Ouch. Uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't know whether he thought the man was going to hurt my brother or what, because he just adores my brother as well. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how to handle it, and it's really upset me because now the rangers are involved. That makes it more difficult, definitely. Um, Cattle dogs are basic deep brain instinct is to chase and to nip, grab the the cattle by the hock or hooves. So they are a little bit more reactive um, than the average breed. Being a male, he's going to be more territorial as well, so perimeter patrols. The problem with any practising barking at people walking past he gets really excited. When they get excited, they lose self-control. The more they do it, the more it becomes a bit obsessive, but also they're just so wound up they can't actually calm themselves down if someone does come in. So, as you said, at your place, you've got the um, fence to stop him from getting to visitors to your front door, but at your brother's, he needs to either have a similar place or keep him on lead all the time. I often hear animals biting um, workmen who come to the house because Mm. they think it's okay, but a workman 
when he comes in, he's often busy, he's wanting to get the task done, he's, he's back and forward to the vehicle to get tools, um, and so the dog just is watching all the time, so it's just far better to keep them totally separate, especially plumbers if they're doing some plumbing work underneath the kitchen sink and their backside sticking out, it's not a um, pleasant <laughs> thing. But, yeah, if the rangers have become involved, you need to write down an incident report so you know exactly what happened. Um, get some references from friends and colleagues that the dog is reasonable um, and depending on, on what the council is going to do and there's a whole range of different things in the New South Wales Companion Animal Act and the legislation to do with nuisance dogs or um, declared dangerous dogs. So, yeah, it's it gets very involved and so you need to make sure you're talking to council and getting a solicitor to see what the next step is. But in the meantime, um, treating your dog as though it may bite someone and just being really, really careful, practice basic sit-stay drop training exercises with treat rewards to help him to practice being calm um, and just keep him away from anybody when you're walking so that he doesn't have that opportunity. I'm walking along happily, but then lunge and, and nip at someone. So... Unfortunately, once they have bitten, they are more likely to bite in the future because they get a bit of a, a high from it. It's arousal. Okay. And, yeah. I hope you get All it right. sorted, Judy, because we can, we can hear that you're obviously, um, you know, you, yes. you, you love your dog and you're also a very sensible dog owner. So I hope you can get it sorted for, for everyone. Thank you very much for your help. Okay, bye. Thanks, Thanks Judy. for calling. Now, Dr. Bob, we're looking at obsessive compulsive disorder in our animals today. I'm guessing you're going to tell me it's pretty common. It is relatively common. There's often uh, associated with anxiety. So the more stressed the animal is, the more often it's going to have an obsessive type behaviour. And obsessive behaviours are, for example, border collies that pace up and down the fence line or do figure of eights around the plants in the yard. They're built and bred to run 40 kilometres in a day. They don't, might not get walked, they get frustrated, so they, if you like, self-exercise. That becomes then a slippery road into an obsessive behaviour, so that's a repetitive behaviour that interrupts normal functioning. So with me, my wife knows if i am got lots of reports to write or, or I'm a bit anxious about something, then the Tupperware cupboard gets nicely cleaned and organised and or, the, or our, our drug cupboard gets, yeah, you know, oh, that one's expired, check that one out. Oh, no, that's all nice and neat. I feel as though I can actually, that's all nicely organised. Yes. And so yep. I, could, I that should then be able to go and get on with what I'm supposed to be doing. So that explains why my room used to be so clean around exam times when yes. I was a younger kid. Yeah, exactly. You know? Procrastination. <laughs> yeah. So that's an obsessive compulsive. It really is. It's element. a displacement behaviour. So you should be doing this, but you do that. And that's with a border collie, pacing and circling, spinning, staffies or bull terriers or German shepherds. Um, if. It happens as a younger dog, as a puppy. The earlier it starts, the more difficult it is to change. Um, sometimes it breaks out later on, three to five years of age, when anxiety builds up and you'll find them obsessing about something, either um, like us, checking doors, checking that kids are asleep in bed and you hear the little tapping of... <laughs> Of the, of the claws on the on the liner or whatever, checking each of the kids and, and then they lie down for a bit, can't stay there ah. and up they get again and so they go off and check. So all these little things that seem routine 
and they can be routine. It's that they go to an excessive amount. So in cats, they actually lick themselves. They overgroom. Some cats mostly just under the belly. It can extend to the sides. And you can actually have a cat that's totally bald apart from the bit around its head. Wow. So, Dr Bob, for, for pet owners that, that are thinking, you know, what their animal might be doing, like the checking the kids, saying, oh, it's not an issue, though, it doesn't really interrupt the day, but the animal's not happy within itself. Is that the... That's obviously the underlying that's, that's issue. That's what's happening, and it's, it's causing distress, so it's not able to actually um, sit down or lie down and rest and... Yeah, just let the world go by. So it just gets the more heightened it is, the more aroused it is, the more the adrenaline flows, the more the cortisone flows, and you just end up in this whole state of, of craziness and that then expresses itself through maybe like the, border, the cattle dog we were just talking about up and down the fence chasing people. Um, but that also has a bit of a marijuana high to it, if you like, that they get really excited and they have a good time and the person walks past and they go, hoo-hoo, I won again, and so up and down they go. So... The problem is it can actually happen on concrete. If they start to do that on concrete, then they actually wear their feet, wear their paws, wear their nails. So um, each animal has a particular predisposition. Cavalier-type dogs can actually snap at flies that aren't there. Mm -hmm. So sort of, yeah, and it's just sitting there looking and then yeah, snaps right. at the fly and does that intermittently. So it, we're not really sure what causes it, but it is like, if you like, an epileptic site type thing, a, a petit mal seizure. Um, some drugs work really nicely, it depends on the, on the animal and sometimes anti-anxiety medication or even anti-epileptic medication does, does nothing. Okay, so. so is there anything we can do with our behaviour to stop them feeling like this or is it medi medication that they is one Medication is one part. The important thing is to interrupt early and redirect them to something else. So interrupt with a whistle or click or clap and redirect them to on their bed or to some training or play and then often reassure them that it's okay, come over here, hug, stroke, help them to settle down. The earlier you interrupt it, the less further down that slippery slope to spiral into obsession it happens. So the problem is you can't interrupt that spinning or barking when you're not there. But if you do it when you are there and interrupt it, redirect it to the toy, hopefully it'll think about chasing the person going past, go and get the ball, take it to the back door, and by that time, hopefully, it's actually stopped that sequence of behaviours that leads Breaking it to... Breaking the chain of events, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah interesting so, stuff, isn't it? Oh, really it's fascinating, and, yeah, if some of us are a bit more obsessive than others, I just like to call it very well organised. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, look, we all, you know, there's obviously extremes. I think, you know, everyone has has some of those traits, and then you obviously have the extreme where it is taking over your life and it's becoming mm. a, a massive issue. Partly as you get older, I think I get develop more habits, and I think it's partly, well, okay, I'm checking, that's the right dose rate, double check, yes, that's correct. So there's good habits, but it's then if you do it five times, that's not... <laughs> Mine are the lights, and my husband leaving them on and <laughs> checking them all the time, going, can you turn off the light, please? But yes, then we have to talk things. about, Sarah, and say, where did that come from? Did your dad always turn the lights off? Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Okay, well, well, you're Robert. My dad's Robert. Thank well, you. He must be a nice person. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got Barry on the line from Lambton. You've got a question for Dr. Bob. Hello, Barry. Oh, sorry. The brain wasn't working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can relate, don't worry. <laughs> um, I just recently lost a dog and what you had diabetes. Yeah. I never heard of it. I said dogs having diabetes. Yeah. Is from the fourth 
and he'd put that on the six. Mm, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Sometimes they can, like with other diseases, dogs tend to mask what's happening, so yeah. they're still trying to do the right thing. It then depends on how much, how closely we're watching them. Poodles yeah. are particularly susceptible. There are other breeds a bit more susceptible. They often start drinking a lot or eating a lot more. Their coat starts to look really dull. And, yeah, when you measure the glucose in the urine or blood samples, it shows that the body is not able to break down that sugar appropriately and so it builds up in the system, which we yeah, need. Yeah, that's what the vet said. Yeah. He had um, diabetes, and I can't think what the other word, hypothermia, or whatever they call that word. Oh, there's lots of different words you might be yeah, saying. Yeah, something or other, cause yeah. I, can't, I can't get it out like. Yeah, and and so it, he, he was diagnosed and then was gone within a week yeah. or so, you said. We yeah. were, as I say, we took him down, he started on the 4th, and he's gone by the 6th, like they euthanized him. Like. Yep. How old was he? Six years old. Uh, six, okay. And sometimes it is really bad and it just, there can be very, um, things that happen on the adrenal gland, on the, uh, in the pancreas, even mm. in the brain. So it depends on what sort of diabetes it is as well as to whether you can treat it. Some animals are really easy to get that back in control. Other animals, depending on other underlying diseases, will complicate the treatment of diabetes. My daughter-in-law, who's a doctor, says that, yeah, assume people have diabetes unless proven otherwise. When she... So that's what I'm saying, I'm a diabetic myself, like. Yeah, and it just really complicates everything, so oh, anaesthetics yeah, and all sorts of things. So it's a bit of a shock, and, it, yeah, with you um, having it as well, you're often aware of symptoms, but... It sounds like it's been one of those um, times where the diabetes has really, yeah, come on suddenly. The whole body has gone into shutdown and various other organs have happened. So that's sad to hear, Barry. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you for your call, Barry. We, we really appreciate it. 49216216 if you've got a question for Dr. Bob. And having a look at 2NURFM's events calendar is thanks to our sponsor, Elders Real Estate, Elder Street Lampton. Choosing Elders is choosing success. And the Lions Club of Curry Curry are holding a trivia night this Friday in aid of the Hunter Prelude Childhood Early Intervention Centre. Now, this assists children with mild to severe disabilities. It also helps their families and their carers. So it is an absolute absolutely great thing to be involved in. There's still seats available. Uh, it starts at 7.30 and if you'd like more information, please get in touch with Charles on 0412-499-728. And if you'd like more details or to see those again, you can head to our events calendar at 2NURFM.com. Got Anne from Newcastle on the line. Now, Anne, you've got a question for Dr Bob about your 10-year-old blue healer. Yeah, that's right. And... There's some problems with some lumps on it? So she's just got all these fatty lumps around her body, on like her elbows. I yep. don't know if dogs have elbows, but yep. on her knee joints at the back, one yep. there, and then underneath, like her armpit on yep. the, at the front, and then on her tummy. So I've been to the vet, and they say, don't worry, it's because she's like old. How uh, big are the lumps at the moment? One is quite large underneath her, uh, under the front leg. Like so Three inches, two inches? Three inches, but it's, I've checked, I've been to the vet to check it out and they yep. said it's okay. The tricky thing with if they are fatty lumps and they've done a, a slide from a... Um, no, so they haven't done anything but look at them and Okay, feel so it them. just feels like, uh, yeah. The big thing with any lumps is to check that they're not changing in size, the margins, the colour... Mm -hmm. 
the consistency and um, where they where, whether they move or are quite solidly attached. So if they're just quite loose, it is something that does happen with age, same as with people, little warts or skin tags um, or things like that that my wife my doctor called it a barnacle on my back when she took it off I was a bit <laughs> but anyway um is your doctor your wife because no, you really sorry. said my wife I, I know I just yeah <laughs> Freudian slip or something I don't know but and yeah with the fatty lumps it's the size if it is under the armpit and it's affecting movement then yes it's better to take yeah. it out while it's smaller um and it's really important to get them checked every six to twelve months uh-huh. Because so I went and yep. then um, they said not to bother. So yep. I just wondered, do they do, like, can they take a sample from it? Yes, you can do a needle biopsy. So you just oh, take yeah. a little bit of, uh, put a needle in it and um, uh-huh. try and suck some of the cells up. You put that under the microscope, see whether they do look like fatty cells. Fatty sort of, um, if they're going to be benign lumps, often will sit there for some time. The yeah. other thing about lumps, they will sometimes grow a bit and then plateau and then grow a bit more. So it is important for the vet to write down how big they are so you've got something to check with um, next time. And if they're in, as I said, a place like the axilla or in the groin where it's interfering with the movement, the older the dog gets, the more upset it gets about it and yeah. it affects its actually movement and motion. Um, but... They're not no, too much of a concern. Seems like, she still seems like a, you know, she's a lunatic in the morning. There's nothing <laughs> wrong. It doesn't seem to impact on her ability to walk and run around. Good. So while they're happy, that's great. Always watching them closely for any change, doing behaviour work. I, I just spend so much time watching animals now. And people, they're interesting too. But um, the animals, the more you watch them, the more you try and interpret what they might be doing the more we can actually understand them and help them. So if she's more active in the morning, she runs around, that's good. Good to take her for a short work, walk in the afternoon. As she gets older, she will be arthritic. So she needs to maintain that bit of a mobility, bit of play, bit of training and, and resting, which we all do well the older we get. So, um, And just, yeah... Um, have a vet check every six months to check the size of those lumps and and also just feeling everywhere else even if you um, measure them and write it down keep a diary and that way if you just check them once a week you feel as though you're keeping an eye on it and that helps you to know that it's not too bad but as i said if they change color consistency so if they're soft and floppy and then they get hard then that becomes an issue or if the margins change or uh, if they yeah, used to be quite loosely attached and now they're quite solidly attached, they're the things to watch closely for. All right, great advice. 49216216, we do have time for more of your calls as we have a quick look at the weather. It's all thanks to our sponsor, the Hunter Motor Group Maitland for new Honda, Subaru, Volkswagen and Isuzu Utes. Remaining cloudy this afternoon, there is a chance of a shower and it's going to be like that for the next few days. It is 22 degrees right Right now at Bullaroo, if you're in Raymond Terrace, it's 23 degrees. And having a quick look at our pet of the week now. Now, we were having a little bit of a chat about staffies earlier, Dr. Bob. This is a staffie. Well, it looks like a staffie cross, obviously. Staffie cross, and there's a lot of them about these days. There is a lot about. Uh, it's a brindle staffie, very gorgeous to look at. Seven-month-old. Now, trigger. 
is the name. <laughs> Apparently, he's a happy-go-lucky boy. I think that probably, you know, works with him, the, the name. They've named him quite appropriately. Well, the problem with names is you run out of them when you're doing rescue because there's just so anim- many animals you yeah, see. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe trigger with a brindle staff he wasn't. But that's okay. You could change the name. Hey? Well, he does love to play. He loves toys. Uh, apparently, he's got a great temperament, very affectionate. He's good with other dogs. He is currently living with young children, and he's great with them and other animals as well. Um, he's full on, so he needs to be able to be walked. Uh, he does need to sleep inside also. And if you'd want more information for Trigger, then you can call Donna on zero four double six zero double nine four two six. They were my words about the full on, but I would imagine he's going to be pretty pretty uh, full on. Okay, yeah, yes, that was my joke. I can see you laughing, and uh, that was me. <laughs> um, but he looks gorgeous. So if you've got time to walk a dog and you've got somewhere inside where he can stay, then please have a look at Trigger. You can also see all that information on our website, 2NURFM.com. It's all about relationship. It's about the the time. So investing time in an animal, you just get so much back. But like, because it's only seven months of age, we think dogs and cats mature around the age of two or three. So it still is is a teenager. So it's going to follow whatever's happening. So we have to set reasonable boundaries, good parenting principles, say, nope, you're not allowed to jump on the furniture, back here on the mat, good dog, thank you pay with a reward or a pat or a, a happy face and so the more we help them to know what we're asking them the much easier it is kids dogs people love boundaries reasonable boundaries absolutely and i know a lot of uh staffies can get a bad rap and i know they do have their issues like any other breed but as you're saying it is all about the training yep. and you know I, i've also met Lovely stuffies in yes. the past, absolutely beautiful. So they they just tend to go inside other animals' personal space, and that's why they're they're liked, I guess, because they come up and cuddle up to people a lot. Um, so, but that again has to be managed. So not allowing too much attention-seeking behaviour, so that the animal knows, yes, it can survive sitting on its security blanket with your favourite music, obviously the radio station we're listening to, oh, of course, on in the background. And that love helps Daddy it. Cool. I'm sure they love Daddy Cool. That's coming up. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Oh, doesn't it bring back great memories? <laughs> Sorry, staffies. Um, I'm not interrupted easily. I don't have ADHD. No. We'll do some training with you off air. Don't worry, yes. Dr. Oh, Bob. that's good. I need some training. <laughs> back on your mat. Sorry, staffies. Yeah, so they are just very excitable. But if you set the appropriate boundaries and they will listen, they need jobs to do. So if you give them good things to do, they're less likely to be involved in destruction. Oh, that's great. Well, Trigger looks beautiful. And you were mentioning before that there are so many dogs that do need rescuing. So if you're interested in that, please head to Dog Rescue Newcastle. That's their website, dogrescuenewcastle.com.au. I used to be a rescuer and as soon as I get a yard again... And convince my husband and get the two kids under control. I'm going to rescue again, I tell you what. We are going to calls now. We've got Alan from Spears Point here. You've got a question for Dr Bob. Yeah, g'day, Bob. Um, I've got two dogs. One's a corgi base. Uh, he's about 14. And the other's a foxy base, which is he's about eight, I think. They're both adopted, so I'm, I'm sort of a bit hazy on that. But yep. The challenge is, is that both dogs have gotten to the point of being really lazy to go outside to go to the toilet. Yep. Now, on the upside, they choose a nice front room that's got floorboards rather than carpet. Um, but it doesn't seem to matter what I do, I can't break this. Now, they've got unrestricted access. I literally um, leave the back door open overnight so that they've got access to the yard. 
and I don't know whether it's age or laziness or what. With the older Corgi cross, it will be that there might be some dementia issues happening, so they get a bit lazy, they get confused, they really are not sure where they are. Um, plus, with arthritis, not wanting to go out the back door, I know it's only a few metres away, but they choose to do that. Um, and the foxy then follows what the older dog's doing. So it's then yeah. tit for tat and you're marking here, I'm going to mark there. And so it gets to be, uh, yeah, who's in who's in charge, who's best, who's highest up the wall, that sort of thing. So yeah. back to basics toilet training. So take them out after every time they awake, after they eat, after they drink, after they play. Take them out to the spot where you want them to go. On grass is most important. See a lot of dogs uh -huh. with house soiling problems in, in double-storey houses or multi-storey units because you have to actually take them out there and or people in van parks the same. But you get into that habit of doing it when those um, things are happening or every hour or two. They go a bit um, thinking you're bananas, but it just helps them to get into back into a better routine and I would get the, the older dog, the corgi, cross-assessed to make sure there's no other health signs. Re yeah, OK. Really good advice, and thank you for your calls. I think that's just about it today. Uh, Cheryl Shaw, thank you for coming in. Always lovely to, to see you and to hear your fabulous topics. Thank you. And, Dr Bob, some great answers today, and I just love that you even take notes. I think that just shows how, you know, seriously you take it, and you give some great answers. Partly so my brain remembers what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, it's, I'm very, yeah, very committed. That's exactly right. Some people think I should be committed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll be back same time next week. It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM. I'm going to leave you with some Daddy Cool as we head into the local news. I did promise it. Yep. And there's some great dancing. You can see it online, 2NURFM.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>